With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 334, and I'm Trev Denny broadcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. At least I hope I'm broadcasting. We've tried this intro now twice, so we're going to hope that it will last, and I will introduce my guests for the night, who are Lisa Marie Hannan and Guy Drinkle. Folks, I've we've been away for quite some time now. I think it's been uh, probably two weeks at least since we did a show in that time there's been definitely three games for the reds if not more maybe four actually um i feel like i missed out on two wins and a loss i think that's the way it went in the league two good wins in the league narrow uh, wins in the league and then of course the very narrow defeat in the league as well which is very disappointing last saturday Uh, and then there's been a sort of a renaissance and everybody's general feelings uh with the confirmation of qualification for the Champions League on Wednesday night uh, in Ajax on what seems to have been quite an interesting and positive occasion all round. Um, great reports about fans and um, that type of thing. So we do have quite a lot to talk about. And of course, we're only a matter of hours away now from the game against Leeds. We then play Spurs, unless I'm mistaken. And what else do we have before the... So it goes... It, it's going to go uh, Leeds... Napoli, Spurs, and then Southampton before the World Cup, isn't that, that it? sounds right. Maybe Derby, I, whenever we play that. And Derby too, right. And, and, and Derby too, sorry. I I, I, I saw that draw and I, I just winced. I, I, you know, I know we enjoyed those Cups immensely last year, but I, I've, I've already sort of written it off in my head because all of my proverbial eggs are in the Champions League basket at this point. So let me go around and and say hello to you each individually after setting up what will be uh, a show that has lots and lots of football chat um, for a change. And Lisa Marie, I know that um, you had, as is often the case, um, some trouble seeing some of those games. But um, obviously, uh, I'll be asking you for your highlight, and it's going to be from an extended period now, and your low light from that extended period. But you did eventually get to see uh, most of those minutes played out, didn't you? I did. I did. The only one that I didn't get to see like at the time was the IX game earlier this week. Um, and I, I actually was able to watch it this morning. So I am caught up now. Um, here on episode 344 of the Anfield Index podcast. Did I say it wrong? You did. You said 334. Oh, my God. I was going to say, but it wasn't worth the edit, so it just, just rolled away. No, 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 this is, let's be honest, this is far better podcast. It's more fun when I get to correct them, guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
and 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 in case uh, you're not picking up on that, dear listener, um, uh, just again in the revelation of how the sausage is made, we've had a couple of goes at this. I can never get the number right. Uh, Lisa Marie always has to tell me, and I still fucked it up. So I'm very very sorry. Uh, so, uh, but regardless of 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 my um, shortcomings, there we have uh, at least uh, from our. Um, United States of America contingent uh, quite a lot of knowledge of the games that have taken place and we'll be looking forward to a couple as well let me loop you in guys as well because I think unlike myself and Lisa Marie who have uh, sort of let the side down in terms of having uh, an opening for the show this week um, what with us being uh, clattering around in our various in our our respective lives at, at 700 miles per hour you however sir are used to that sort of velocity what with being all things uh, Anfield Index at all times and you've not let us down you've got another film for our collection an hour ago Trev when I was eating my tagine from Marks and Spencers like the Tory I am clearly um, (laughs) I decided I will look at some B movies do you know what today is Trev what is it? It's the day call of the new Call of Duty re- release, so I needed an action-packed film to go with the new Call of Duty. So here we have. I'll start with the storyline. After six years of keeping our malls safe, Paul Blatt has earned a well-deserved vacation. He heads to Vegas with his teenage daughter before she heads off to college, but safety never takes a holiday when duty calls. When duty calls, Blatt answers. Welcome to Paul Blatt Mall Cop 2. Wow. So, if I recall this correctly, Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 stars that uh, Kevin, Kevin James. James fella from yeah. King of Queens, if, if people are yes. wondering who he is. And he is going around, if I recall from the uh, trailer, on a segue. Yes. Quite a bit. Yes. Uh, in, in a uniform and dealing with the kind of bad guys one would find in a mall. Yes. yes. So the, okay. fir- the first one, if I recall, I don't know, I can't remember what they were robbing, but they basically all knew like parkour and stuff like that. The the modern trope of villains in films such as this. So they know parkour, they all speak a bit of Russian. It's always stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay. All the stereotypes. I blame. I blame. Honestly, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I blame Jason Bourne films because Jason Bourne films came out, and then all of a sudden, the first Bond film with Daniel Craig had fellas running across roofs in the opening scene uh, in short sleeve shirts, jumping through windows, and doing parkour, of course. Uh, And all of a sudden, that was just the thing that you had to do. Then running up walls, kicking lads as you come down. But I can't seem to equate the idea of a portly gentleman sort of mooching about on a Segway up against, you know, Eastern European bad guys who do parkour. What is, is, is that therein lies the comedy guy? Yes. Oh, it's, it, it, the first one is actually none of, no one else will like it, but I love that. I love the first one. The second one, it's a bit different because I think they're at a big security vet convention. I have seen it. It doesn't, it just doesn't hit, the same, but yeah, they're at a security convention, and and it I, did I say it was in Vegas? Yeah, so they're robbing something. Um, I'm sure it says the Van Gogh in one of the courts. I'm guessing they're robbing art. Um, but would you like would you like a quote? Oh, I'd love a quote. This is by Paul Blatt, and let me stress this enough: look straight into the camera. Always bet on Blatt. wow wow and you know i love the um i absolutely love the sort of odd symmetry here uh what with the fact that lisa marie had been away in vegas for work Uh, i i i noticed that myself well well done there mr drinkle now it's not it's not often of course we get to um be on a podcast with the type of high roller whose work it is to go to vegas and um you know shoot craps and stuff but this is the heady world that we exist in on anfield index podcast with um 
like I say, high roller, Lisa Marie Hannan. I was going to refer to you as a whale, but that would be in a good way. You understand? <laughs> uh, so just in case. Well, you... I, I wish my trip was that glamorous. I The only bit of the Las Vegas strip that I saw on my trip was as I passed it to and from the airport, because the the airport in Las Vegas is is literally like two blocks from the the you know the main strip. It's it's right there. As you land, you can see all the lights and the casinos and everything. Fortunately, the project I was assisting with was kind of in one of the like suburb residential areas where like the real people live. Um, so yeah, so I was at a hospital there. Um, and pretty much all I saw was the hotel, the hospital, and the restaurants that, you know, we ate at. And But I am heartbroken and tired because I got in very late last night because it turns out the podfather, Gags, was in Las Vegas or is there now. And I could have met him Wednesday night, but I didn't know that until Thursday. And I was headed to the airport. So... I had a four-hour flight home last night to, you know, ponder my sorrow. But anyway, it'll happen. So just so you all know, if you're anywhere in the continental U.S., you have to let me know because while I live in Nashville, I travel all over. So there might be an opportunity for us to catch up. See, Tandon is an international man of mystery. Um, he is. <laughs> so there was no way that you were going to find out his schedule regardless, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, if he, if he, if you knew he would have to kill you, uh, I think that's how it works. Um, uh, so I, 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 I hope Armando, uh, came safe from his uh, encounter. <laughs> it's very well, dangerous. He, he responded to my message. Well, either it was probably last night for him, but I didn't see it until this morning. So, so as of say a 12, 18 hours ago, he was, he was still around. Right. <laughs> Mando, okay. Though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hope so anyway. having, let's hope they're having some luck. Um, I'm sure they are. You know, uh, there are so many things I wanted to talk about that have been occurring to me as I uh, recuperated uh, from uh, my back injury um, about football in general, and then obviously Liverpool specifically issues that have arisen on the back of some of the press that we've received and you know I just want to briefly touch on this one subject to begin with because it's a little bit controversial and uh, one of our own here uh, Mr. Kopak wrote uh, an article concerning the behavior of supporters and I heard Dave earlier on today talking about tribalism on his show specifically in football obviously but I mean as with all of these topics, you can extrapolate into wider society without too much difficulty. But I've been finding myself wanting to talk about a lot of these things. And I just want to flag up for folks. OK, we have the World Cup coming up and I'm always trying to think of ideas for shows anyway, because it's just how my brain works. And on the back of a chat with um, Dave last night i had suggested a couple of things i wanted to do because uh we couldn't do them all be on the spot show and one of the topics i wanted to talk about and i'm not going to ask you guys to talk about it now without thinking about it i am going to ask you to think about it because i'd like to speak about it on this show is the concept of client journalism which we've seen a lot of uh this year with really well-known uh highly paid journalists for major newspapers who seem to be quite honestly shilling for certain clubs, fanboying for certain clubs um, in the pocket without being too um, crass about it of certain clubs. And I'd love to talk about that and the effect that that can have. And, you know, no problem. I also tying it into the wider societal thing, because obviously if you have, um, bought and paid for media in certain ways, in certain places, in certain areas, then you can push whatever uh, message or belief or political ideology you want. It's just specifically within football, I've found it very grating recently. And the other thing is the thing, to come full circle back to it, that I was talking about, which which um, Carl was writing about and Dave was talking about. And I wondered, because I was quite unaware of it during the coverage of the match that I was watching. The, it wasn't, it was, you could hear one or two chants 
but but uh, but the reason I was mostly unaware of it was I didn't have a great I didn't have a great reception, and then I thought I heard a few of those absolutely obnoxious, eminently predictable chants from rival supporters about always the victim, etc. And it grates immensely. And a point I think Carl made, and certainly was all that occurred to me, was why is that never spoken about by the likes of the BT commentators who will talk about literally anything under the sun and who are quite willing when it goes to halftime to talk about um, comparatively or uh, apparently controversial issues. So why is this a taboo subject? It's just an interesting one. Carl's spoken about it at length. He's been talking about it at length on Twitter. Uh, he has a, the unique perspective of being from the city. But as three you know, outsiders looking in uh, at a city that we all love and a football club that we all love. I wanted to get your take on it. And Guy, I know you've been probably listening to Dave chatting today. I'm sure you've very definitely formulated your own opinions on this, as is Lisa Marie. So I'll start with you just on the topic. I mean, do you see a way forward uh, to try and eradicate this? We don't even have to go into the deeper Hillsborough thing the trauma that certain people must be feeling mm-hmm. um, uh, in the wake of what happened in France, that's dark and that's deep and it's a multifaceted conversation. But this one specific issue we can possibly take on, which is the type of chant, which is overtly hateful, based in lies, lies which were backed up by a craven media and a craven government. Now, isn't it possible, surely, if we can have stewards literally everywhere intervening, like happened to me when I brought a gang of kids over and one of the guys, we were in the home section and he was a Liverpool supporter. We were at at Villa Park and he got excited. It was the kid's first time at a, at a game and Liverpool scored and he jumped up. He was escorted out, a 13-year-old kid. virtually manhandled and I had to go down with him and talk to the bouncer. It got very heated. Really, really horrible situation. Now, if that can happen because a kid jumps up a little bit in the seat, surely we can have people intervene when they can openly hear what is and what amounts to hate speech. I think you run out. I think stewards get outnumbered. (laughs) That's probably the issue there. Um... It's probably, I think the main reason that it's been accepted for 30 years, obviously not by Liverpool fans, and obviously in the last 10 to 15 years, it's so much more easy to communicate as a fan base. Like, it's not just the home section of fans. Obviously, we had forums and stuff probably in the last 20 to 25 years more so, but the power of social media and stuff like that, people can explain why this is wrong. But for 30-odd years, people have just labelled it down as as um, football banter, um, but it's not. It's not just banter. Like, do, it's it's a bit of a, a, a silly comparison. But as soon as a Munich song gets brought up, that gets squashed, and rightfully so because our some of our fans have been bellends and sang about that, and numerous con- fan bases across the country have sang about Munich, and it's been squashed. But I'm not sure why it's so accepted that this happens week after week. Like, bar singing Hill, like Hillsborough direct, like singing literally the words Hillsborough and whatever derogatory terms afterwards. But it's clearly about Hillsborough. People say it's about um, Heisel and stuff like that. It's like, what the fuck? Even if it was about Heisel, why the fuck are you singing about Heisel? Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like singing about poverty and stuff like that, and you'll never work again, stuff like that. It's in, it's in really bad taste, but at least you can somewhat put it there. But it's still really bad taste, especially in bloody modern times where everyone's struggling. But the, the, the Hillsbury, you're always the victim, is the most common one by a million miles. I feel like if it wasn't Liverpool, it would be squashed quite quickly because obviously Scousers have, how do I word it? Their independence from basically the most majority of the country. They are the obviously Scouse, not English. Way to go, um, left wing society and basically a right wing country. Um, I feel like the main factor is that Scousers are different to everyone else, so it can't. It's much more accepted, and 
And hopefully it changes in the times because we've had stuff, even like other chat, like, what was it, Chelsea Rent Boys? That obviously had homophobic undertones and that's been squashed out and I don't, um, I don't remember singing it recently since that's been brought up as an issue. So maybe it just needs more, more of a neutral spotlight on it or something like that. Maybe an MP needs to bring it up or... I don't know, maybe one of our players needs to go big on it or something like that. But I think quite a lot of the Liverpool players, except like Henderson with the NHS and stuff like that, they try to be um, almost robotic with the media, almost too quiet with the media. So maybe maybe we need, maybe I'm not like saying it's not their fault they haven't done it, but maybe if we have like a Henderson, oh, but Trent's probably the best one because he's actually Scouse or something, just to highlight it more, but then you'll get fucking... Eden Hazard stands 75 calling him a murderer or something on Twitter. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So it's, it's stuff like that, but I think it's genuine just that it's been accepted for 30 years. And then obviously the fans of Hillsborough got proven not guilty. How many years ago was it? Five, four, five years ago? I can't remember how long ago the uh, innocent one. Up. Yeah, so it's been long enough for change to happen, I think. But it's just people with the stigma of 30 years... But it, it, need, it need, I think it just needs more of a neutral outsider spotlight. But I don't think that I just don't think that'll happen due to the view of scousers from from the rest of the country, and that's weird. Saying so, I think the northeast and the northwest has some similarities, but I think obviously scousers and Liverpool as a whole, it just has a much more highlighted view than say, imagine back there. Me, say if Middlesbrough or I'm close enough to Middlesbrough started saying nobody'd give a toss. <laughs> it's fucking Middlesbrough, but Liverpool's yeah. quite Liverpool's really loud about this, and it's been so long standing. I it, I think it just needs a neutral spotlight and a, and a bigger voice on it. So I'm not sure who the big scout celebrities are, but it probably would have to be Trent. Maybe an Everton person can take the view. Um, but it, it's odd. It's odd. Um, yeah. Well, th- that's that's a really interesting take in terms of how the message needs to be communicated. And I totally get where you're coming from with that. But Lisa Marie, to, to throw it your direction, I mean, I suppose what I'm getting, as I know uh, Carl has been sort of poking at um, BT Sports' Jake Humphrey, who made a comment about, you know, something along the lines of, oh, I thought we'd gotten past this type of thing years ago. And it, 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 you didn't have to be a genius to work out that he was talking about poorly behaved Liverpool supporters. That was the, that was the implication. And if it wasn't the implication, then he should have corrected and he should have been quick to do so. He wasn't. And when you think that his parents were in the middle of that and were looked after by Liverpool supporters, apparently it all gets a bit pathetic. Um, but that, uh, the reason I bring him up is not to single him out, but rather him as a, a voice uh, from the mainstream media, would that be the way around this? I mean, we can spend all night uh, uh, on various uh, uh, Gary Neville and and Jamie Carragher uh, talk-ins, discussing all sorts of issues around football, everything from from uh, uh, ownership uh, to the culture of football uh, to you know uh, Gary Neville getting on his political soapbox when it suits him, whatever it happens to be. There seems to be a platform for that, and there seems to be a willingness to talk about that. There is a real reluctance, in fact, a refusal to engage with this particular topic. And I think it's not that difficult to lean into the point that Guy's making. You wonder about how we can communicate this message widely. Well, surely every time it occurs, just like they do when they hear when they want to push the idea of racism is a bad thing or homophobia is a bad thing or whatever it happens to be, you get uh, old Darren Fletch Fletcher saying a little spiel, even if it is uh, a pre a pre prepared little spiel that he rolls out every time, like he does at the start for when people were taking the knee at the start of football matches. Whatever it happens to be, at least it's an awareness raiser. It's a kind of pointing out that this is not okay. We are not okay with it. Does that seem to you like a reasonable way to possibly approach eradicating this? absolute horror show from the game yeah i mean i i think you and and guy are right you know it it's a little bit different for me 
for a couple of reasons. You know, one, as a more recent Liverpool fan, so, you know, my awareness and knowledge and, and you know, around, you know, Hillsborough and, and all of that is for me reading about what happened. You know, I do vaguely remember a news story about an incident in, in a match, and and I do remember, you know, the Liverpool fans being blamed. And I mean, that's, you know, it, it's one of those things that I probably saw a little very small couple paragraph story in a newspaper kind of or a magazine sort of thing, you know, because, again, the type of media that was around at the time. So it was something that I remember and it's and it's kind of I feel like I've been peeling back the layers on it in the last couple of years is, you know, as I've become more involved with the club and, you know, with these podcasts and everything and, you know, and, and kind of wanting to go that step further and understanding when people reference former players and former, you know, games and, and all of that to, to kind of understand all of it. Um, but it just, it just astonishes me. Now I usually can't pick out those chants on my TV coverage. I think it's just, Either it's just a combination of the coverage I'm watching and maybe just not aware of what to listen for specifically, if that makes sense. Um, And so, you know, I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily aware of it unless I hear someone mention it, you know, afterwards, um, you know, be it on a podcast or an article or or whatever. But but it's never mentioned on, you know, you know, whatever post-match TV coverage I'm watching. Or, li- or live as it occurs. And or live know, as it occurs. Someone guess, pointed out I, recently, and I can't remember if if it was in a written article or if it was, you know, something maybe Dave said on a podcast. I, I don't recall specifically where I read it or heard it. But they're talking about how, you know, they always apologize if you happen to pick up some prof- right. fanity, yeah. you know. That's where, like, really? That's, exactly where go. yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they, That's where I was going to go. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's this nanny state bullshit of sorry if you heard the 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 the, the very vulgar language from whoever. We can only apologise. And they're like, I Claire, mean, you we've know had the worst time that ever happened. Go on. So, I yeah, I've watched boxing or UFC, and they apologise for the language as you've just watched two people try and cave each other's heads in. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. so lads. <laughs> <laughs> that that's you know what that's exactly right that's exactly right and like look in its own way f- football is all out warfare and look as a guy who leans very heavily into um language and the importance of it and literature and the importance of it uh, and um standard of expression in writing and has written um for a long time uh, semi-professionally and, and in other ways I understand that, you know, it might seem a bit strange to say this, but I see no problem with crudity or vulgar language. I don't see any problem with it. I really don't. Once it's not directed in a hateful way, uh, you know, like basically if Darwin's two feet out and he hits the bar, I, if I want to turn the air blue with uh, a series of expletives in the ground i'm going to do that and if that's too if that's too much for you maybe it's not for you this do you know what i mean um so uh, it, people are so precious about stuff like that it's remarkable how precious people are about words it it, it really is uh, that that it's almost like a counterpoint to what i'm saying but I just want. I just want. I want to clarify. I want. I do want to just dive into this a little bit more because you've brought up the exact point there. I'm glad you went there, Lisa Marie, and and of course, guys pointing out the absurdity of it beautifully there. But isn't that exactly what should be happening? Because it's not as if you talk about. You know, you might be familiar with it, but I guarantee you, these commentators are familiar with it. And what, oh, more absolutely. To, more, more to the point, they're in the ground. They can freaking hear it, and they can hear the hate in it, and they can hear the disdain in it. And wouldn't it be a wise thing for them to say, oh, "Well, that's obviously deeply inappropriate, and we apologise if you can hear that." They're not. What? What? Surely, surely, an entire populace of a city 
is worth uh, uh, acknowledging or or a fan base of a club is worth acknowledging in terms of apologies in those situations or not even apologies just say well we hear this like for example if you see a guy diving they'll go oh, we don't like to see that in the game don't they and they get in their high horse and they get all moralistic <laughs> and we'll go Robbie back Savage to Rich- had a big cry about Anthony doing a turn last night there you go and we'll go back to Robbie uh, Savage or we'll go back to Rio Ferdinand and they'll uh, get their best like disdainful smug face on and go, well, we don't like to see that in the English game. Well, we don't like to see hatred in the English game either, especially you know, when it's vocal and expressed in a way that could be acknowledged and called out. I just think it's time that maybe in our own small way, if we start saying this, it might filter like you said earlier on, Guy, it's a small world now. Um, all these media things are connected. You can find yourself talking to anyone on Twitter. It's a weird thing. Um, we know that footballers probably very foolishly um, look 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 up themselves on Twitter. We know that we certainly know that that media personalities of a certain age do because they just can't help it. It's an ego driven thing. So maybe we could get on the case of a few people and ask them to just, you know, maybe try to get a little bit of a movement going here. Because I, I, look, I know it's I know it's a controversial one to start with, but it just screams basic decency to me. And the fact that it's not being done is really weird. Are you that person who has everything? the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. And... Well, and that, yeah, I, I agree, Trev. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the other thing that, that I wanted to, to say was, so... Also in kind of, again, educating myself and making myself familiar with just, you know, the 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 greater history of, of Liverpool Football Club, I've also made myself more aware of, you know, the history of Liverpool, the city, um, which kind of fascinates me. Of course, I love history anyway. But, you know, that's just something, you know, two, three years ago, I didn't necessarily have an understanding of, you know, that's not what I'm taught, you know, or in school was ever taught about, you know, Margaret Thatcher. It was just, you know, she was a prime minister. That was, that was about all we knew. You know, we didn't realize the policies and the effects and, you know, and all of that. And so when I see references to those types of things, you know, I want to, I want to understand what that reference is and, and how it fits in the greater context. And so but it goes back to what you were saying. I mean, anyone with common decency, why would you sing some of these things? And again, I'm I'm sure there are Liverpool fans that, you know, were not innocent, that probably said some equally ugly things as well in the past or even last yesterday. Who knows? But, you know, to me, it does. It just all it seems it feels like common decency is slipping away in our world these days and, you know, not to get on my moral high horse, but you know, can't we all just be a little nicer to each other? Is it, is it that much to ask? Yeah. It seems as if it is quite the ask. And it seems as if to me, at least society's becoming more and more toxic. And I don't think that's just, I don't think they're just words that I'm saying. I think that's patently observable um, everywhere, but you know, it, yeah, it's, it's, I know it's a heavy one guys, but I, just, I, 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 I think we're not doing our job if we don't, if we don't talk about it, if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't try to get a conversation going about it, maybe, you know, it's interesting you talk about their history and stuff like that, you know, and even that, I think that's really important that you bring that up, Lisa Marie, because I mean, I, I was, I was in London um, last time I was out of the country actually. So just pre COVID um, and I went over for a, sort of a, a couple of days and I went to the, 
Churchill war rooms there the the you know the it's basically a Churchill memorial but it's the the war rooms in in uh not far from the 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 basement of the Ministry of Defence there and it's a very interesting tour and blah 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 and it's got all this memorabilia and you get to see Churchill's freaking like velvet romper suit that he used to wear the massive weirdo and it, it, like it, it's it's what what struck me and the reason I bring this up, sorry, this might seem like a tangent, but there is a point. The reason I bring this up is as I was exiting, I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, like I mean, that is just pure hagiography. They are just talking up this guy who I know to be an absolute reptile of a human. Uh and you know, I'm coming out and there's a, f- a quite a few American folks around me, but I I had no issue with them sort of being de- delighted with it and talking about wow, what a guy he was. Because beside me, there was another, there was an Irish couple and they were having the same conversation about what a tremendous man he was. I'm like, you're Irish. You know, at least when you talk about not being aware, so many people are not aware. Just look up, look it up, read a book. Jesus, it's unbelievable. And so I don't think it's an excuse, I guess, is my point. And you have gone to the trouble of well, I'm interested in this. I want to know about it. I wish people had the intellectual curiosity to do the same. And I wish these people who are in charge of media outlets and who are spokesholes uh, for those media outlets would just come out and have a little bit of moral courage and call these things out. And uh, that's my rant over. I just wanted to say that. I, just, I think it's an important topic. Let's get back to the football itself. And in that period, Obviously, there's been a lot going on. And I would have to say, we have to say that everything, good and bad, is very, 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 very compromised and conditioned by and influenced by the ongoing disaster zone that is our injury crisis. We've heard all sorts of weeping, gnashing of teeth and bizarre conversations about club doctors uh, with people trying to come across as experts on Twitter um, when they don't seem to understand that doctors fix the things that happen before the people come to them. But anyway, uh, let's ignore that particular aspect of it and let people get on their high horse and soapbox and all the rest of it. But we have to acknowledge that the injury crisis is bananas. It's almost at that stupid level where it looked as if um, where we lost all our defenders. It's actually, if anything, possibly even more impactful now because it's across all areas of across the pitch. Across the board, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's very, very, very noticeable. It's very, very hard for Jurgen Klopp to deal with. People have been joking about how he's a bit miserable and dark these days in his interviews, and I wouldn't blame him. I'd be the same. <laughs> So, because I'll, if he want, you know what? What's that? You know, oh, the glass is half full, and it'll all be okay. And you know, tomorrow is another day. People would be criticizing him for that. Of course they would. Be of like, course you they know, would. Yeah, this yeah, man yeah. have a clue what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now on the injuries, I would just like to say that I have a greater understanding of what Curtis Jones' shin stress fracture, whatever injury is, because that's essentially what my daughter has right now. Ah, okay. Okay. So not that I'm an expert at any means, but, but um, yeah, I mean, she's currently got shin splints on both legs, both shins, and she has what they call, oh shoot, I can't remember what they call it now, but basically it's just before you have the stress fracture. I mean, so she's like, was on the verge of stress fractures in both legs. And, and so, I so, was reading something this past week and that sounds like essentially what, Curtis has not, I think it was only one leg for him, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. So it's it's from dance, you know, it's from the 95 dance classes she takes a week. And apparently here's the other thing. Apparently she's been in pain since June and didn't bother to say anything. So Mm. if she had said something earlier, we probably could have caught it earlier and et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, but, but but that's classic. That's that's like a footballers who don't tell man. Well, well that's it. They don't tell managers about their injuries. Well, the old older footballers, contemporary footballers, seem to be far more uh, straight up and, and open about it. But it, she just doesn't want to stop dancing. You you know. Well, you know, on one hand, I'm kind of glad she's not a moaner. You know, because that's yeah. the other thing is, where do you find that balance? Not complaining and you know racing to the doctor over every little 
you know, pain or twinge, mm. but, you know, but yet, okay, this has been going on for a while. So anyway, but I read something this week and I'm like, well, that's exactly what Mary Kristen has. So yeah. Anyway, um, but they are more common, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they are more common. They actually, one of the questions they asked us was, has she had a growth spurt lately? Because right. it is an act, it, it is an injury that is more common in younger athletes and, you know, it can often, you know, sort of if, you know, if they've had a growth spurt, you know, within the last however many months, you know, the, the bones are a little weaker, I guess, just from that, you know, growing thing. And so anyway. You know, I, I, I'm, no, it's, it, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things about the injuries as well. And, and Guy, I want to throw this across to you just while we're on the topic before we get to God Almighty. I, I'm, I've, I've, I've driven us off course again. I can only apologize. Um, but, but, <laughs> I but, that time. yes, you did. Fair play to you. Uh, the, the injury thing, um, it is, let's be perfectly straight up about this, a freaking disaster. It's absolutely awful and you would be hearing a lot more about it i think if it was a different club um and uh, the dismissiveness I, I you know i had a guy at work um say what well, what happened to you is there the last day and i said well to be fair um there's a, a, almost an entire first team out injured and he was like no there's not who and i started listing them off and he was going yeah, but still, you should you should still be beating Nottingham Forest, and I couldn't argue with that. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't argue yeah. with that. But at the same time, and like, so there's that aspect to it, and then there's a lot of people again, even amongst our own crew. And Lisa Marie flagged it earlier on about how there might be a couple of bad eggs in ours. There's a fucking egg farm of bad eggs in the Liverpool supporter base. There are some of the worst chaps imaginable in the Liverpool fan base. And we have to be absolutely open about that. Some of the worst people ever stand under the same banner as you. Just acknowledge that, accept that. Don't try to deny that. Or you're as bad. You're as bad. You're living in la-la land if you don't think that's the case, because it really is. But I've heard our own supporters, people who we all have respect for, Maybe it's frustration, guy, talking about earaches and stuff like that. Why can't he play with an earache? Or what's wrong with him? Or, you know, almost diminishing it, laughing at you know, the notion that, that uh, Darwin might, you know, not be quite ready to play. Well, he's only he's only a kid. Why can't he play every game? You know, th- I understand the frustration. I, I, I really do, guy. I wonder where you fall down on this. Like, do you find yourself really sort of, you know, you know, shaking your fist and going fucking, you know, man up and get out there? Or do you find yourself sort of thinking, uh, he's often the criticism. I mean, the lads obviously want to play. Old man shouts at cloud vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, if you're having a go at Tiago, you've never had an ear infection. They are horrid bastards. Absolutely yes. horrid And have stuff. you ever flown with an ear infection? Oh, God, no. I couldn't, well, get, out, I couldn't I mean, get out of bed, Lisa Marie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, well, if or if you've ever flown with a bad cold, it makes mm. you want to just die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I know it's not a long flight from Liverpool to Amsterdam, but I wouldn't have wanted to get on a plane with a severe ear infection. But even saying. do that and then you're running about for ninety minutes. Like Yeah. I know exactly. I, I am like a mess of a human being in compared to Tiago, but I literally had a heat pad sellotaped to my head and just taking constant drugs. <laughs> so I could, I, could, I could walk to the kitchen, never mind, go play football. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. But if he had, like, a full... like, If you've ever had ear infection, if you, sometimes you get, like, ear ache quite commonly. But if you get a full-blown infection, it's just, like, man down for the, for the whole antibiotic bit. It's just horrid. So it, it's just... It's just because it's Tiago. We're, we're just used to it. It would be Tiago who gets an ear infection. I think that's the thing. Mm. But in terms of the overall scheme of injury, I think I think it's a fact that most people probably expected it. Because it's us. And we have the most injury-prone prone players in the bloody world. So even, mm. like, like, even the ones... Like, Nabi, Nabi we all know. Tiago, we know. Um, Matip, we know. Diaz and Diaz and Jota are the ones that hurt, aren't they? Because those guys should be available, and they're not associated. Or Mm -hmm. well, maybe Jota to an extent, but yeah. yeah, But but you you expect your 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 absolute destroyer Diaz to be out there, and Mm -hmm. those ones hurt. Ibu, 
not being available all the time that hurts a little bit you know you, I, the frustration is, is real and it's understandable and you, you know it brings us around to another topic that we're not going to touch on now because this would be the rest of the show if we did but what it does is it heightens and you've just highlighted perfectly it heightens your frustration around you know why we haven't had a few more bodies um, you don't want to open the FSG box, do you not? I, I really don't think you should open the FSG box. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> get him out. Get him uh, gone. It's 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 the kind of thing that 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 requires an entire show, and and I don't know if if I have the will uh, to to even discuss it any further. And and listen, by the way, um, that's yet another thing that I've noticed um, in the in the, the 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 quiet couple of weeks that I've had is. You know, it is possible, and I wish people would try it in odd time, to have a couple of, you know, almost contradictory opinions in your head at the same time and not nail your colors to the mast and scream at anyone who uh, takes a slightly different opinion. I, I, I think I'd really like to see people try that. Um it's just as a general rule and in the effort and in, in the interest of trying to raise the mood a little bit let's just focus on something positive uh for the last part of the show so if you look at those last few games as a whole and you know i actually couldn't even watch the first one i couldn't even watch city uh, i wasn't able to watch it I, I i was just literally couldn't stay in the same position for any more so I, I ended up kind of listening to it um so it's hard for me to take too many positives for it because we're kind of in a little bit of the mixture of delirium and pain and, and, and horse tranquilizer drugs that I was on. West Ham a little bit more, but that, I don't know how enjoyable that was. Uh, obviously, then the horrible results um, against Forest, And then for me, like the obvious takeaway for me from, from this last spell where we've been sort of uh, AWOL was the qualification last night. So I said it to you guys oh, weeks ago that the only thing I was leaning into now is let's see if we can have a run in the Champions League. And, you know, even from a practical point of view, Lisa Marie, it's so vitally important from funds, stature of the club, uh, profile of the club when it comes to the potential for us um, getting someone in in January. Like me doing raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, Guy, I'm, you did a very excellent job stepping in. They for were Trevor. on Thursday night, slowly, summary, and that's the issue. <laughs> that is the issue. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, and I did. It, it 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 does have to be said, and I did. I did make a point of 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 of, uh, of highlighting uh, my appreciation for for guys stepping in, and you know it. it it you know it's 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 so very very important, Lisa Marie. So many bloody levels. Um, I still retain some wild outside uh, hope uh, of of a, uh, doing a, a madness in this in this competition. And whilst I have hope, I have hope. I have none for the league. I, I do think we can solidify second place over the season if we if we get into um, if we get into some form and get some players back. Uh, and and that would be fine. I think that would be fine. The more you think about it uh, and what we're up against there, the more that is fine. Um, so it, that for me is my my massive highlight. Uh, and and I just want you to react to the concept that <laughs> the season's kind of it seems really churlish and petty to say over because that's you know most clubs are like looking to finish in as high up the league as they can and get a cup run. So but we've been spoiled, and for us. For me, certainly, as a spoiled current um, Klopp era Liverpool fan, it would have been just absolutely abysmal if we'd gone out or if we weren't in Europe um, after the World Cup. Was that to me? It was to you. That's why I said your name in the middle of it. (laughs) Well, you said it, but then you started. Anyway. Definitely yes, modern. it would have been absolutely awful if we had not gotten through. Um, yeah, you know, and, and again, it was a little weird for me because I was checking the score Wednesday while I was working. I didn't get to see the game and I did listen to Raw before I watched it today. So, you know, my, I guess, joy, so to speak, um, was colored a little bit just, you know. From not being in the moment, if 
that makes sense. Um, but it was still, but it was funny. I was watching it this morning and, you know, and, and again, my viewing of it was, you know, there, you know, from listening to Ron, listening to every, you know, and, you know, talk that had been around after the game, kind of knowing that, oh, we didn't start out great, but we kind of pulled it together. And then, and, um, and I'll be honest, I didn't really watch the last probably 15, 20 minutes very closely. Um, Nothing happened, it, don't worry. <laughs> Nothing happened at all. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I kind of knew that. Um, but yes, it was, it, <laughs> but I, you know, can I just tell you one, just since we're kind of in general talk here, something that I have noticed here the last, I guess, week, maybe two weeks, that seems to be just a little side story, if you will, with the team. But there really looks to be a really nice kind of re- friendship, relationship, even mentorship developing between Mo and Harvey. And of course, I we knew all you'd know. notice that. I knew you'd I notice know, that. But it's- <laughs> You're just going to look out for whoever's being nice to your children. That's basically it. Well, maybe, but, um, (laughs) no, (laughs) but of course there was, you know, we all saw the photographs after, you know, waited freaking forever to see if his goal was going to count in the Rangers game. And then even, you know, after he scored the goal, um, you know, the other night, but it just seems to be, there's, there's just a neat little, um, you know, rapport between the two of them which you know I think is lovely and not just because Harvey is my fourth child but but it's nice to see (laughs) the more experienced player and kind of as I said sort of it it does look sort of like a mentor thing to the younger player and you just kind of hope that's some things that we're seeing across the team well, can I say, actually, I don't, I, I, I don't normally lean into that type of thing as much. Um, and I, I've, I've got loads of friends uh, who really do. They love all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, just little, they love the quirky things. Um, there was a conversation yeah. on Twitter between a few of my uh, of my Twitter pals uh, during the last game about goalkeepers wearing caps and they were just absolutely all in on this conversation about goalkeepers wearing caps and <laughs> it's the little things in football that they you know they 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 they, they knock a lot, a lot of crack out of but i think that's an important one that you put your finger on there because there has been talk uh from me and others about like what's actually wrong there seems to be something askew when there was little fallouts and we didn't seem to be on the same wavelength. And I think that type of thing is really important, actually. It's worth focusing on because it does somewhat counterbalance all that negative chat about, oh, you know, did did did, did somebody run over Jurgen's cat? Or do you know what I mean? This there was there was this sort of weird, you know, there was yes. this sort of you know, weird uh someone parking in Virgil's parking spot or yeah, exactly, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, so and and you know, uh again, people love to 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 imagine what's going on behind the scenes without knowing a bloody thing about it. So it's nice to see that overt display of just, just genuine affection, and I suppose as well, um, to add to the uh, connection, at least he's there actually assisting a goal. So those of those people who are not into as much into the touchy feely stuff can say that there's a potential partnership developing there as well. Um, what was your real positive takeaway then? And that was mine. The qualification for Europe. It's really simple. It's 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 it's. Uh, I, I can boil it down to that. Uh, I, I like I said, I didn't get to enjoy the city game like with the rest of you guys. So, uh, of that last period, what was your uh, really positive take? That's Lisa Marie again. Sorry. I know. I know. I was just. I was thinking. Sorry. That was a. That was a thinking pause. Um. You know, I was going to say, it, it does seem like just about the time we're thinking that we're seeing a little, little bit of rhythm and whatever, like, you know, one of the things everyone was saying, and, and and again, I was checking the Man City score and I watched it after I already knew what had happened, but that game and, and then again, the Ajax game, but it feels like Robertson is starting to kind of get back to the Andy Robertson we need. Um, Mm. so I, that was one of the things I noticed. Um, and I mean, he hasn't played every game, which I think is the good thing too, you know, because we can get, um, Costas in there as, as well. Trent seems to be 
a little bit better. (laughs) I don't know. It just feels like they're all starting to, I mean, this rhythm that we've been waiting for them to develop. I mean, again, the forest game aside, I don't know what the hell happened that day. And I had to go on Nina's show afterwards and talk about it. And it was highly depressing. Um, But it does feel as though some of that is starting to gel. And I figure it all ought to be in place in time for the World Cup break. So, yay, Rob. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I am very much enjoying focusing on the positive at the moment, and we have a couple of games to look forward to, guy. You know, in the next um, few days, we listed them out there at the start in a <laughs> really scientific. You've forgotten again. Leeds is tomorrow. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that I've forgotten. <laughs> I'm just, I, I was laughing at our at the, the scientific way in which we 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 laid them out there in names and dates and times and all that, because uh, that's really what we're about in this show. But 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 you know, that in itself, guys, is a positive. I remember speaking to Jan in the last show that we did, and the one previous to it, because I think it's kind of like a, it's been a bit of a culture shock for us on that show. All we've done is talk about. It. It's been just good times since we started. I have a call there's coming. There's, there's, Jan now. there's Jan. He's he's t- taking my name in vain. He says. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Like I can't turn that off on my. MacBook. Uh, hey, look again. It's, it's good podcast material. Um, he, he, we were just talking about how it's actually bloody interesting, guy. And I, I know it's not the kind of interesting we'd really like, but it's it's engaging in a way that it wasn't before. Do you remember the absolute horror show of the seasons that we've had? Like last season specifically was a perfect example of it, where every freaking game you had to win. And it's been that way. If we want to beat City, you have to win every game. And it brings its own kind of, uh, it's not almost a a sort of a misery to the games that you can't fully enjoy them until it's over and you only really enjoy the result and all that type of thing. So there is a type of novelty value, I guess, to wondering and surprise value to wondering what side is going to turn up and how people are going to play. So there's that in a way. Um, For me, that's another positive. But I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. For you, what was the, the the most upbeat takeaway thing from that period of time and those games since we've done a show? I do remember 17-18 just being fun. <laughs> after yeah. Football after 17-18 has just been stressful. Stressful. Um, yeah. Right, that's exactly it. That's the point of me. That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nothing in the Forest game for a start. That was embarrassing. Um maybe recovering from a shit start is a positive because it's been such a common theme this season because well how how i watched the game on on wednesday so i was finished this gonna sound so millennial um i was finishing a game of fifa so i missed well i didn't miss i had it on in the background so the first 10 minutes i was watching in the background whilst one i was on fifa with my mate because i wanted to finish that and then I saw Berkey's hit the post, and I just shouted out, "You fucking bellends!" <laughs> um, <laughs> and who specifically? Uh, just in general. So in general. <laughs> whoever I was on with Xbox chat, the post, <laughs> Alison because he's beautiful, Berghaus, <laughs> the team, Klopp, everyone, myself, obviously. Um, so yes, it was that was one of their experiences where I I literally going cross-eyed, one eye on the telly and recorder, and one eye because I've got a monitor for my Xbox, one eye on the monitor, and I'm like, can can we stop stop being shit, stop being shit, stop being shit, score on FIFA, get happy, <laughs> and it's fucking Jesus Christ. But by the time I went downstairs to focus on the game because I have to cover it for Euro Incision, um, the day after. Um, it was about I think it was about twenty minutes by the time I got settled downstairs, and it was like. We hadn't turned the corner yet, but we weren't diabolically shit like we were for the first 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird experience Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, that's probably it, because I think that's been the story of our season, hasn't it? I think it's still, I think it's still going on, this story, but what was it? Liverpool conceded first in a million games in a row, even going into last season, so... Albeit we should have conceded against Ajax first, maybe one or two goals to be fair. But it was nice to stabilise and then improve, albeit it was for like a 15 minute period. But 
it wasn't just we nabbed a goal and then killed the game. There was a period before that where we literally almost killed the game by just tapping the ball round at the back. So it was almost nice to grab a game back, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And these are the type of things that you sort of, I don't know, you you, you do joy in, you do sort of revel in um, when there has been such an amount of doom and gloom. And I, I think it's been a little bit excessive, I'll be honest. Like I say, the relief aspect of when you kind of realised or accepted that the league was going to be a, a, an uphill struggle, if not impossible, there is a sort of relief that comes with that. Um, and we have to ensure that we get top four football. That will bring its own pressures because I don't think there's going to be too much falling away from um, Chelsea, Spurs, um, obviously City are going to do what City are going to do. So that leaves us really needing to make sure we're top of the rest of that pile and I think personally that we have enough in us and enough in the squad, especially if we get um, players back fit and if we get the impetus of a new arrival uh, to do exactly that and to be second. Um, and maybe, you know, <laughs> take advantage of a city collapse because that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I think these are all things that we can, we can, you know, positively uh, hope for. But, we are nonetheless hours away from one game, and by the time we meet up next, there will have another one. Another one will have been played, and we'll have two more games to talk about on the next show, and two more games to look forward to, three more games to look forward to, and that will be pretty much that. Um, over the course of the World Cup, I want people to um, be reassured that we will go out of our way here on this show to provide entertainment for you. I don't know how much of that would be football-based, um, because I don't know personally how much of this World Cup I will actually watch. There's a number of reasons for this. I'm currently finding it very difficult to watch football matches anyway. It's it's a, it's, it's a difficulty, um, um, just like a, an actual physical difficulty for me with the internet signal the way it is. Every match is a little bit of stress trying to get it in some way, shape or form. But I wonder, and I just wanted to throw this question at you both to finish, uh, where you stand on that like I mean are you actually looking forward to it as a thing now just take it away uh, take all together away the, the idea of uh, it's interrupting the flow of the season blah 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 take all that you know annoyance away from it just as a thing as a you know the spectacle that it's supposed to be have you do you find yourself guy with any interest in it um yeah it's a bit conflicting because I think as a break from Liverpool god a break from Liverpool fucking hell I was bemoaning pre-season two days ago. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. Um, as a break from Liverpool and just like a little... God, I could call the World Cup a side project there. <laughs> but that's what it kind of feels like because it's in bloody November and December. Um, but in that sense, I'm looking forward to it. But then you, if you dig a little deeper and you're not the... Well, not, I don't think anyone who podcasts is the ultra-casual fan either... You've got the sport washing, you've got the yada, 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 all this stuff. People have lost their lives building stadiums, stuff like that. But I'll, I will be just one of them bellends who watches it and not really think about that whilst I'm watching it. But I think it's a discussion that needs to be had well, before, during, after, um, and never happen again. But I think we all know that won't happen. But I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. I don't know who to support, though, Trev, because I can't be arsed with England, let's be honest. Mm. I think that's mm. one of the things I've adopted from Scouts. I just can't be arsed with the England team anymore. Um, it's funny, yeah, that, yeah. Seems, that seems to be quite catching. Um, I mean, obviously, as, a, as, a, as an Irishman, I always wanted to see Liverpool players doing well, and yeah. I wanted to see England get into quarterfinals and semifinals and then going out absolutely miserably in penalty shootouts. Yeah. That's the kind of schadenfreude I enjoy. Uh, the but, thing is, is Trevor, I think it happened to me before I was a big... Well, I was a Liverpool fan, but like a proper engrossed in the whole Liverpool do. Because in 2002 Brazil, I supported them over England. No like, way. <laughs> like, so we, we had a... In my kitchen, we had like a little... Do you know them little box tellies? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I had oh, one yeah. of them. So I was watching... Because it was on early in the morning. So I watched like the first half. And then I went to school and we watched the second half in, in, in the hall. 
So I was crying. I think Owen scored, and I was crying that Owen scored. <laughs> then I got to school, and then it was like Ronaldinho lob save, and I was like, get in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've I've always kind of been like that, but it's weird. I might have to support Brazil, but Richarlison exists, and he's a prick. So you know, Ugh. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so hopefully he's injured for it. So that'd be nice. They have a couple of lads there who are I the can best. Get past the Neymar. I can get over yeah. the Neymarness. I struggle with Neymar, and obviously him and Richarlison, that's just too yeah. much too much wanker in one in one spot. I I, 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 I do, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was, was going to say, I've set, I think I'm going between Brazil or Argentina, but I may Argentina usually have banger kits, so I might, I, it might be them. For me, I mean, I, I, Brazil and Argentina, you can never go wrong, and I always want to see them win. I guess some sort of weird old old school football uh, thing. But my team that I'm going to follow and hope they win purely for Virgil is 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 uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, uh, so I didn't know this time. It's horrid. Yeah, they've made it. They've made a mess of it. Yeah. And we never even we never even spoke about the green kit. That should have been oh, one of our one wow. of our highlights. We, we we'll have to we will lean into that very much on the next um, on the next show. Lisa Marie, what about yourself? Just to finish off, I mean. Again, it's not like it's casual viewing for you. It's it's obviously going to be at weird times and all the rest of it. I mean, being a Liverpool fan is one thing, but I can tell you as a person who now kind of sort of been associated with the fan side of fan media side of Liverpool for quite a while, and therefore everyone would assume that I'm a bit of a football lunatic. I didn't watch one preseason game. I could not give a crap. And I may not watch one of these World Cup games. So, and then again, I may. I, like, I, I, I'll get over it. Like, it's going on. So there's no point in having the moral debate about it. me not watching it is not going to make any impact one way or the other and that in terms of protest or whatever. It's going ahead. But, yeah, I, I, I might watch it and I might not. Where do you stand on the whole thing? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much probably there. It's it's going to probably depend on who's playing, what time, and what else I've got going on then. And yeah. you know, if you know, if there's a a couple of teams that I've got a little bit of interest in and and they've got a match on when I can sort of if not sit down and watch it, have it on while I'm doing other things, then yeah. But I, you know, I don't see me planning my life around it um, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Let's get let's get real. The U.S. is probably going out in the group stage. So. <laughs> yeah, see, I've no idea how good the U.S. national team is. At well, the moment. they're not that great, but they're also in the same group as England and Wales. So. I'm right. Um, well, for political, in Iran, yeah. For political well, funny. <laughs> yes, yes, that right. will. There, there, there's literally no way I'm not going to watch England America though. If I do watch any game, it will probably be that one. Yeah, um, and, and again, it it may depend on you know if it's on at a you know, and that's the thing with the time difference and everything. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You of know, course, I mean, yeah. If, yeah, if they're on at three in the morning, I'm not getting up to watch them. I mean, it's bad enough, and I have to get up to watch the the early matches for the Premier League. Yes. Um, Yes, yes. Well, we will we will cross that particular bridge when we come to it. We have at least a couple more shows to go before <laughs> then, and we can sort of finalize our policy on it. But one way or the other, folks, we will be continuing with the show, and we will provide you with as much inter- entertainment as possible. I apologize for the layoff. It's entirely my fault. Um, if you were looking at your podcast feed and wondering where the hell we were, uh, it's just blame Downey. Everybody does. It's the usual crack around here. Um, but we will wrap it up at this stage with my thanks to Lisa Marie Hanahan and Guy Drinkle for another great chat. Really enjoyed it today. I have been Trev Denny. This has been the Anfield Index podcast and we'll be back with you very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.